wake up so tired. Hi, everybody. Welcome to another episode of I'm Reviewing Here, a podcast where I, Matthew Bussey, watch and review science sounds top greatest movies of all time. There are a lot of them from different countries across this planet we call EA. R-T-H. I forgot how to spell it. Hi. Uh, yes, I'm very tired. I did not get a lot of sleep last night. I had to sleep on a couch last night, and I'm the lightest sleeper in the goddamn world. My dad put the heat up, uh, and I could hear every little ding, 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 ding coming from the heater. And I started to have hot sweats, and I had to turn it off, and I almost considered sleeping on the hardwood floor, but it wasn't comfortable, and I considered going to the other couch, but it was too hard. And then when I can't sleep, I have a panic attack, and I think I'm going to die. So, yeah, that's my night. <laughs> anyway, let's get to it, shall we? Um, I'm really, really looking forward to talking about today's movie. I mean, I'm always looking forward to talking about these movies. What have I ever said I'm not looking forward? Probably a few times if it's a really depressing movie. That third movie or fourth movie I've reviewed, the Portuguese one about the heroin addicts. Yeah, I don't... That... Oh, God. Don't even remind me. What was it called? It was called, like, Crack or something? I forget. Uh... Today's movie, though, does not in- contain any crack. It does not contain en- any uh, drugs of any... Not to my knowledge. There may actually be some in the shot. What's the MPA rating of this? Time out. Pause. Freeze. Standby. Uh, no, no drugs. Just uh, violence and disturbing images. Anyway, this movie is kind of sort of new. It turns 10 next year, which means that it is 9 this year, but just turned 9 technically turning nine in may sorry i i am a big geek for this movie i actually have only sat through and watched it all the way through like i think once or twice but it's phenomenal it is a movie a little movie little movie small budget no big uh action sequences or anything it's a, it's a character study it is called vroom vroom mad max fury road is fire and blood. Everything is dependent on oil. We are killing for gasoline. The world is almost out of water. 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 Now there's the water wars. Here they come again. Everybody's gone out of their mind. Out here, everything hurts. You want to get through this? Do as I say. Now pick up what you can and run.
that trailer is if I ever get married during the dance, we are dancing to that. I know I changed my mind a lot about that, about my, my potential wedding song. And I'm not like, I, I, I always say like, I don't even care if my bride agrees or not. No, no, no. We are dancing to that song. That is one of the greatest trailers of all time. This is one of the greatest phenomenons of all time. Mad Max Fury Road. Holy potato cheese shit. Wow. You know, I've been doing this for like a year and I've spoken a few times, probably, I don't know, I talk a lot, um, about how I'm actually not into action movies. I'm not. I'm not into them. Can't get into them. I'm not a Star Wars fanatic. I'm not a Marvel head. I, you know, like I enjoy Indiana Jones, but I'm not going to like, you know, cut off my arm just to get an autograph with Harrison Ford or anything like that. You know, like, I'm just, I, I like, I, I like it. I, you know, I, I, they're enjoyable for the most part, but I'm just not into them. And I remember, you know, in 2015, 20, I think it was actually 2014, the trailer for Mad Max Fury Road came out and I was floored because this is a movie that did not look like it had any special effects, like actual really over-the-top CGI special effects. This looked like a movie where all the effects were practical, kind of like the way Christopher Nolan does it for the most part in his movies. If you watch, you know, uh, The Dark Knight or or Inception, more so Inception, um, it's all practical, you know? Those are real explosions that they're doing. Of all the action movies I've seen, now 2015, it's been nine years, of all the action movies I've seen since Mad Max Fury Road, there's been nothing else that has surpassed it. This movie is truly one of a kind. Why do I like it? Because it's an action... Why would I like it? Because it's an action movie. Because I watch it, and I truly, to this day, don't know how the li- how in the living hell they got this made. It is a movie that is so unbelievable, literally unbelievable, unbelievable. Like, you don't believe what you are watching, that it just blows my mind. I hate to say it, but, you know, superhero fatigue, action fatigue, I'm kind of making up the ladder, but, like, that's a real thing. With Mad Max, though, sorry if you heard that, my dishwasher's on. Mad Max, though, did I say that already? I'm sorry, I'm geeking out right now. Mad Max, though, is, I forgot what I was going to say. Okay, okay. Um, And for those of you who don't know, Mad Max Fury Road, uh, this was already, so this is the fourth Mad Max movie. Uh, there's a prequel coming out this year with uh, en- Enya Taylor-Jones, I believe that's how you say her name. Uh... But Mad Max is basically a reboot of a pretty popular, kind of like cult, cult classic. I almost said culty. Uh, not that kind of culty. Culty, like in the nice, you know, uh, safe sense. Uh, action franchise by George Miller. Now, George Miller, funnily, I remember George Miller. He's this Australian director. I remember him from um, Babe and Babe Pig in the City. Yes, he did those movies, and then he also did Mad Max. Mad Max uh, was this basically like a Western sci-fi action thriller, uh, starred Mel Gibson, you know, before he, when he was like, you know, likable. Anyway, um, and, you know, it had action scenes. Tina Turner was in the third movie. It's Mad Max, then The Road Warrior, then Mad Max Beyond Thunderdome, and then Mad Max Fury Road. Now, Mad Max Fury Road obviously does not star Mel Gibson, because then the movie uh, would probably, you know, I don't know if a lot of people would see it, but 
this is kind of its own thing. And George Miller revitalized this franchise that he created. And he made, to this day, I just, I, I, am, I am speechless. Just seeing any clip from this movie, I am absolutely positively falling to the ground, convulsing, laughing because it's so cool, twitching, speechless. It is so freaking cool. Plots and ups. So like I said, you will not have to have seen any previous Mad Max movies uh, to see Mad Max Fury Road. Quickly, quickly, I'm just going to say, I'm actually not a Mad Max fan. The first three movies, eh, yeah, yeah, they're cool. I love Tina Turner. The third one I actually really like. The first two were just, I've seen better movies. Anyway, that's just me. Um, I know people love Mad Max, but Mad Max Fury Road, let's get started, shall we? <sighs> Here we go. And I'm pausing because, um, gotta get some water. Hold on, I actually really do have to get some water. Okay, okay, time out, time out. Out, sorry. Okay. Max Rokotansky, played by Tom Hardy, is a survivor haunted by memories of all the people he failed to protect. He is captured and taken to Warlord Amorden Joe's Citadel. Amorden Joe is played by this amazing actor called Hugh Keys Byrne, I believe is how you say his name. And he passed away in 2020. Very sad. Lived to be 73 years old. Amorden Joe is like a cult leader and he's very scary. Uh, anyway, there, Max is imprisoned and used as a, quote, blood bag for Nux, a sick war boy. Nux is played by the great, fantastic Nicholas Holt, who you would recognize. He was in About a Boy. He was in the X-Men prequel, uh, prequel series. He used to date Jennifer Lawrence. Meanwhile, Imper—oh uh, my god, why can't I say it? Furiosa, Imperator— Imperator Furiosa, I like just said this, why am I screwing it up? Fur Furiosa, played by Charlize Theron, that's how you say her name, it is not Theron, one of Joe's lieutenants is sent in the armored war rig to trade produce for patrol and ammunition with two of Joe's allies, the bullet farmer and the people eater, yeah. <laughs> It's a goofy movie. This movie's a little goofy. When Joe realizes his five wives are fleeing in the rig, he leads his army in pursuit of Furiosa, calling on the aid of Gastown and the Bullet Farm. <laughs> Just bear with me. Bear with me. Nux joins the pursuit with Max strapped to his car, and a chasing battle ensues. Furiosa drives into a sandstorm and loses all of her pursuers except Nux who attempts to sacrifice himself to blow up the rig. Max frees himself and restrain, restrains Nux, and Furiosa destroys their car. Am I saying Nux right? I just watched this. Why is What is going on with me today? It's fit sleep fatigue. I'm sorry. Uh, lot, lack of sleep, that is. After the sandstorm, Max, Max finds Furiosa repairing the rig, accompanied by Joe's wives. Toast, Capable, the Dag, Cheeto, and Angharad, the last of whom is heavily pregnant with Joe's child. She is played by... Oh, mama. Ro Rosie Huntington... Rosie Huntington Whiteley. God, I stutter a little bit when I say her name. That's not the sleep, lack of sleep. That is just Rosie whenever I, that's a Rosie effect. She was in Transformers, Dark of the Moon. She's married to Jason Statham. She's a supermodel. She's British. She is so beautiful and so good in this movie too. She's not even an actress, but she is so good. And well, I'll get to that anyway, later. Um, 
Okay. Ankarada, uh, Ankarada, where'd you go? Oh, the last of whom is heavily pregnant. Yeah, so she's super pregnant. Remember that with Joe's child. Max tries to steal the rig, but he does not know the code to bypass the kill switches, so he begrudgingly joins up with Furiosa and the wives. Nux boards the rig as it leaves and attempts to kill Furiosa. He's overpowered and thrown out, and Joe's army picks him up when they pass by. Furiosa drives through a canyon controlled by a, gu- by a biker gang, Ooh, that almost, I almost said a bad word. Having accidentally, having arranged to trade fuel for her safe passage. But the gang turns on her when they spot an army approaching, forcing her to flee. The bikers detonate the canyon, oh, it's so cool, walls to block Joe and then pursue the rig as Max and Furiosa fend them off. Joe drives over the blockade in a monster truck and catches up with the rig, allowing Nux to board and attack Furiosa again. But he trips before reaching the cab. While helping Max, Angharard falls off the rig and is fatally run over by joe who temporarily halts his pursuit oh god that seems brutal it's rated r by the way this movie capable finds and who plays capable again oh capable is played by riley keogh and uh zoe kravitz plays toast the knowing <laughs> i just love that name uh, Capable finds Nox hiding in the rig and consoles him as he laments his failure. After dark, Furiosa and Max slow Joe's forces with mines set in Swampland, but Joe's ally, the Bullet Farmer, continues the pursuit. The rig gets stuck in the mud and Nox emerges from hiding to help free it, joining in the crew. Furiosa blinds the, the approaching Bullet Farmer and Max confronts him and returns with guns and ammunition. In the morning, Furiosa explains to Max that the green place to which they are escaping is an idyllic land she remembers from her child. She recognizes a familiar landmark and shouts out her history and clan affiliation to a woman on top. The woman summons her all-female clan, the Vuvalini, who recognize Furiosa as one of their own who was kidnapped as a child. Furiosa is devastated to learn that the swampland from the previous night was the green place, which is now uninhabitable, and there are only seven Vuvalini... Almost just said Volvo... Uh, and Volva combined. Vuvalini left. Only, there's only seven of them left. So, yeah, like, they're extinct. It's really sad. Sure, at least they're in screams here, and it's really sad. The group begins to ride across an immense sea flat, salt flat, excuse me, hoping to fl- find a new home, but Max leaves. After seeing a vision of a child he failed to save, Max catches up and convinces the others to return the way they came since there is nothing in the salt flat, suggesting instead that they return and take the undefended citadel, undef- undefended citadel, which has ample water and crops. They meet Joe's forces and engage in battle. Five Vuvalini are killed, and Toast is captured toast zoe kravitz remember as they approach the canyon joe gets in front of the rig to slow it while max fights joe's large adult son rictus erectus furiosa though seriously wounded goes to save furiosa also only has one arm i forgot to say that yeah one arm she doesn't have uh she has a shaved head and she's got this really cool black like makeup like tar stuff over her forehead halloween costume Boom, right there. So good. Uh, Furiosa, though, goes to save Toast and the two joined forces, enabling Furiosa to kill Joe. The surviving brides and Vuvalini cross over to Joe's vehicle, and Nux sacrifices himself by wrecking the rig to block the canyon, killing Rictus. Max transfuses his blood to Furiosa, saving her life. Back at the Citadel, the people rejoice upon learning of Joe's death and tear his corpse to pieces. 
As Mac's companions are lifted in triumph to Joe's, to Joe's cliffside fortress, Max, ex Max exchanges a glance with... There's a lot of X's in this. I think that's why I'm fucking up a lot. I'm sorry. Max exchanges a glance with Furiosa before disappearing into the crowd. The end. The sound effects, the color palettes, the, the music, I mean, just the score, everything, everything is just phenomenal. I mean, like, it's, under, it's, it's crazy to understand, to actually comprehend that Mad Max Fury Road is essentially one big car chase. It is all a long car chase. That's all it is. And... I think in a weird way, like Mad Max Fury Road, I'm, this is kind of, I'm, this is a weird segue, but it doesn't really connect, but it's some kind of miracle in a way, this movie. It reminds us that, you know, in a time when CGI movies, not that CGI is bad, I know CGI is really, really cool, and I salute, uh, or I salute, I applaud everyone who... <laughs> who has, um, works, you know, does CGI and everything. Of course, it's amazing. But I think that, you know, in a period where, in a decade, I think, where action movies were just kind of becoming so incessant and they were just all becoming a little bit forgettable and, and just mediocre at best, you know, this movie came along and just completely knocked it out of the park. This was a movie, yes, it was already based on a franchise, but it made itself better by pushing the boundaries like 150 trillion times more than other action movies, you know, it's all about the action. Like I don't know, I, I don't know how else to say it without sounding redundant, but it really is just truly all about the action in this film and the scope and the effort that went into it. How did they do it? I mean, like, it's just nuts. It's nuts. It's bananas. It's boss to the walls. Insane. It is like being on crack. It's a psychedelic, crazy experience. I remember seeing it with my friends and I felt like it felt like a 4D experience. It felt like our chairs in the theater were like literally moving with the cars as you were watching you know, the cars in the movie. It's crazy. I mean, okay. So that's obviously the biggest strength of the movie, just the overall scope of it. But it's really not just that. You know, I think the real big... Uh, not surprised, but, you know, the really strong thing about the movie is how feminist it is, you know? I mean, Charlize Throne, this is her movie, and Tom Hardy is, as uh, Max, you know, he's great, he is, but this really is Furiosa's movie. It's no wonder that there's a prequel about Furiosa coming out this year, you know, because when this came out, everybody was so obsessed with Charlize Throne's character. I mean, it's it. She's amazing, of course, because she's Shirley's throne. I mean, she can do anything. She is one of the most badass actresses of all time. This is like 
sec- Monster is her best performance, in my opinion, but this is second. <laughs> I mean, I was going to say Mighty Joe Young, because that's like one of my favorite movies ever, and it made me obsessed with her and Gorillas as a kid in the 90s. Oh, it's so good. Disney Plus, check it out. 1998, co-starring Bill Paxson. But... It's a feminist movie, too, because, you know, the brides in this movie, or the wives, excuse me, of, uh, of um, you know, the cult leader in this film, yes, they're all very beautiful, and the, the cult leader being a Morden Joe, yes, they're all very beautiful, they're all wearing these, like, white dresses, and, you know, it can come off as, it could have come off, that is, as being really silly and, like, you know, they're showing all this cleavage and it's all just very obvious that, you know, they're being sexualized, but George Miller doesn't do that. Rosie Huntington Whiteley is a model in Transformers Dark of the Moon. I mean, it's Michael Bay, so it's no surprise that she is portrayed as being this like super hot, sexy, sexy ass woman, you know? And in this movie, yeah, she's beautiful, but she has character in this film, you know? She's not in it for very long, but she and all the other wives, they, like, aren't just these damsels in distress all the time, you know? I mean, yes, Toast get, does get kidnapped, and yes, uh, Ang- Angharad, I can never say her name, does die. But they, like, fight back in a, in a weird way, you know? It's hard to explain because it's like they do and they don't. But I think what I'm trying to say is Miller doesn't sexualize them, which is something that I really, really appreciate, you know? I, I do because how many action movies do we have to see where the woman, even if she's a superhero, she is portrayed as being, you know, hot? We don't need that. We don't need that. They don't need to always be like that. Women can be superheroes and they don't need to be you know, wearing these sexy outfits or anything like that. You know, it's kind of, I think, why Furiosa appealed to so many people because Charlize Throne is one of the most beautiful women of all time. And in this movie, she just is made to look so dirty and, and you know, tough. You do not want to fuck with Furiosa in this movie because she will beat the living crap out of you, you know? So, yeah. Strong women, strong characters. Again, Tom Hardy. I'm not trying to undermine Tom Hardy in this film. Of course, he's great. But this really is all about the women in the film. It's about the women and it's about the action. And it is just, it, it, it's, it's, it, it makes, it leaves me speechless every time. BTS Secrets and Scandals! Okay, so the elephant in the room. Charlize Thron, Thron, excuse me, and Tom Hardy did not get along while filming this movie yes the tabloids went crazy sorry asmr the tabloids kind of got a hold of this and it was this was i think months after the movie came out but it kind of was disclosed that they didn't get along zoe kravitz was on watch what happens live and she confessed that they didn't get along why did they not get along well first of all who cares also there's really no reason why they didn't get along they just didn't get along they had different work ethics they just you know, it is what it is. I don't know. That's really all I could find. I mean, I did find a few anecdotes from uh, there's. I believe there's a book about the making of this film where, oh, they. I don't know. They just they bickered a little bit, but they also had reason to bicker because this movie seemed absolutely freaking impossible to make. And I mean, you know, you're filming. They filmed this in Nambia, Africa. 
all the way in 2012. It was not released until 2015. When you are filming a movie where you're constantly in a car being chased and chasing other people and there's explosions happening around you, you're going to lose your mind a little bit. I I would too. (laughs) Anyway, before we get to that... um, actors and and uh, uh uh bickering and all that um the i so i just want to talk a little bit about the history of mad max getting made the mad max fury road getting made that is so i mean this had actually been in the works for a while in august 1998 uh george miller got uh the inspiration to make a fourth mad max movie while quote walking in an intersection in los angeles i don't really know why they had to um say that but I, I i lost track of that but anyway uh miller conceived a story where quote violent martyrs were fighting not for oil or for material goods but for human beings now the film was all set it was greenlit it was set to shoot in 2001 through 20th century fox but it was postponed because of 9 11 and in addition um you know they i think it was in development held further on because they wanted obviously mel gibson to come back But then Passion of the Christ came out, and then Mel Gibson got drunk and went on an anti-Semitic rant, and yep, it's all there. And that happened, so that kind of squashed the movie uh, ever getting made. Now, Miller did also say that he doesn't really seem to have any beef with Gibson, and he did want him to come back, but he ended up recasting Max in the movie because he wanted him to just be younger, which, you know, I guess that's so okay um and again it's tom hardy i mean tom hardy is is badass just look at have you seen the guy come on so anyway this movie did eventually get made uh it was co-written by miller and these two other guys brendan mccarthy and nico lathuris the original creator was byron kennedy but he died in a helicopter accident kind of random i'm sorry i don't know why i said that but yeah it's true true well it's it's, it's, you know trivia here we go the other big thing uh the editor of the movie her name is margaret sixell and she is george miller's wife she had roughly 470 hours of footage to edit watching it took three months the film in addition contains about 2700 cuts of its entire running length which is equivalent to 22 and a half cuts per minute insane i mean absolutely insane unbelievable uh margaret sixell though ended up winning best editing at the oscars for this film which 100 percent was deserved the movie also this goes back to why people were probably not getting along <laughs> filming lasted 120 days and the film runs at 113 minutes without credit so it could be said that each day equals about a minute of the film let me repeat that. Each day equals one minute of the film. <laughs> I mean, yeah, I, I, I truly um, can't believe it. Now, Tom Hardy also has stated that he didn't really get along with George Miller during the movie, but it was mainly just because of the filming. He said uh, the movie was shown at the Cannes Film Festival, and Hardy said... There was no, quote, there was no way, I mean, I have to apologize to you, speaking to George Miller, because I got frustrated. There was no way George could have explained what he could see in the sand when we were out there. Because of the due diligence that was required to make everything safe and so simple, what I saw was a relentless barrage of complexities simplified for this fairly linear story. I knew he was brilliant, but I didn't know how brilliant until, how brilliant, excuse me, until I saw it. 
<laughs> and another trivia, Tom Hardy accidentally got his nose broken when Charlize Theron, uh, thrown, excuse me, accidentally punched him. Elbowed him, that is. Yeah. <clears throat> Intense movie. Look, God bless every actor, every person involved with the making of this movie. Over 80% of the effects seen in the film were practical effects, including stunts, makeup, and sets. 80%. Insane. Uh, Miller even hired Cirque du Soleil and Olympic athletes to perform many of the stunts of the film. And this is also kind of obvious, but a lot, but you can't even tell. That's why it's not obvious what I'm about to say. Most of the dialogue was dubbed on the soundstage in post production as the original onset audio recordings were unstable due to background noise from wind and car engines. I mean, it's believable, but you watch the movie. Trust me, I see a lot of movies, a lot of Italian movies on this sight and sound list. Everything was dubbed because they saved money by, you know, not having a microphone on set. And in this film, I mean, it's all in, it's all dubbed. Uh, what is it? Oh, God. ADR? Yeah, audio, ADR. ADR recording, yeah. Why does it sound like I'm making that up? You know what I mean. You know, when actors go back in a recording studio and they record over their lines, that's basically this movie, and they had to do that because it was so loud, and there's, you know, boom, boom, vroom, vroom all the time. The movie also made director Bong Joon-ho cry. He directed Parasite. Silly fact, but I just had to include that. The best moment! Absolutely every moment in the movie. Yeah, I'm not kidding. The end. Critics love the movie. Now, there were a lot of like three-star reviews and not four-star reviews, but overall, critics agreed the movie was just absolutely, incredibly, unbelievably badass. There was one bad review I found by a very prolific uh, critic from the San Francisco Chronicle, Mick LaSalle. Two hours of action scenes that are well-crafted and entirely lacking in suspense and with some clever but fake-looking special effects— Boo! Boo! Oh, that made me mad. Okay, it's his opinion. That's my opinion! But, um, yeah, totally disagree, Mick. I totally disagree. Namrata Joshi, excuse me, from Outlook said, to think that this furious, fuming, freaky world should have been created by a man in his 70s, the same guy who warmed the cockles of our heart with Happy Feet and Babe, is unbelievable! I know it is unbelievable. So Miller also directed Happy Feet, which I've never seen, fun fact. So it's crazy to think that this man actually is able to make kids' movies and then make exhilarating masterpie action masterpieces like this. David Stratton from The Australian said, Fury Road, despite its lack of an interesting plot, despite the absence of flesh-and-blood characters, despite the basic sameness of any sequel, still manages to thrill. Now, <clears throat> excuse me, I'm talking a lot. That is a big point that I do agree with that. If you tell me what Mad Max Fury Road is about, I really will honestly just say, I don't really know. It's just a, it's just a big car chase. Max and Furiosa are the good people. There's a crazy cult leader. They've escaped with his uh, wives, and the cult leader is after them, and that's the plot. It's it's um, yeah. And there's there's I I find the movie emotionally powerful. I think Furiosa's character, especially, I mean, her arc is very impressive and you know her relationship with max in the film is very good it's not romantic it's it's very much you know begins as a mistrustful relationship and then it turns into a real uh you know camaraderie but i agree with what david says here because yes i mean the plot isn't the most like 
riveting thing. It really is a movie about, um, no pun intended here, sight and sound. Oh, see what I did there? There's, uh, you know, another quote I found that is kind of relates. Tom Long from Detroit News says, There's no great meaning here. It's a basic story of rebellion and redemption, but there's such energy and visual invention in a world so fully realized and dazzling that the roller coaster ride is more than enough on its own. Kind of the same thing, you know? I think it is much more of a style over substance film, which might tick some people off, you know, but it's worth it. I don't usually like substance substance over style films. No, I said that wrong. I don't, Jesus, I don't usually like style over substance films. You know, I it's, it's always good for both of them to, you know, level out and even out, whatever. But this is a big exception. Another really uh, terrific, terrific review that I found that just sums it up is by uh, Chris Klimek of NPR. Mad Max Fury Road is a kinetic, hallucinatory, boldly feminist chase flick that, with its vibrant color palette, heroin, harrowing stunt work, and show-don't-tell style of yarn spinning, leaves every Marvel movie and every Fast and Furious in its ir- irradiated dust. Period. Yeah. I don't have anything... Well, it's not totally true. I don't have anything against Marvel and Fast and the Furious, but yeah, this movie makes them look G-rated and bad is it really one of the best movies of all time yes 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 my friends i'm a little over right now i try to keep these down to 30 minutes but this movie i mean god damn it i mean there's nothing else like it there is nothing else like it i mean there are movies but um even if you don't love action movies i always I, I, I will always recommend Mad Max Fury Road because you don't feel like you're watching a movie. You don't even, you can't even begin to piece together how this got filmed from the opening shot to the last shot. So see it, see it, see it, see it, see it. I cannot recommend it enough. See it. Oh, moral of the movie, uh, don't be a cult leader. Yeah. And don't speed unless, you know, you're being chased by bad people, I guess. And also, if you're in the desert, you're a little bit safer, but still. Anyway, thank you all for tuning in. I am going to peace out now. And uh, yeah, I just want to end it by saying, please get your ass off the couch and go to the goddamn movies. I don't care if you have a date planned. If you have a date planned, take them to the movies. Most dates end well when you go to the movies with your date because you hold hands. Come on. It's been like, this is how dating has worked since the beginning of cinema. Come on. Oh, just do it. Please go support your local theater, everybody. Please do it. It's really important. You need them. We all need them. Movies are essential. Thank you. Goodbye. Oh, you made it. You made it. You made it. Thank you so much for tuning in to another episode of I'm Reviewing Here. New episodes drop Tuesdays and Fridays. You can get this podcast wherever you get your podcasts. Feel free to follow me on Instagram at I'm Reviewing Here. You can also subscribe on YouTube. New episodes drop there the same day they drop on the podcast. Don't forget to subscribe. Please leave a review if you'd like. Be mean. Be nice. 
hit on me. I don't really care. Candor really, really is important to me. And you know, it helps the podcast too. So uh, I really hope you enjoyed it. This podcast is brought to you especially by Nervous Chuckles. That is my fake production company because I make people nervously chuckle all the time because they never know if I'm telling a joke or not. So they're always like, <laughs> oh, yeah. do I laugh? Do I not laugh? Is he serious? Is he insane? Did he get out of the, the loony? What's going on? So if I made you nervously chuckle, then that means that I did my job. And thank you. There is uh, no funding for this podcast, but if you want to give me money, then uh, yeah, like hit me up. DM me. Bye-bye.